Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi everyone, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today, we're taking a look at life transitions from hurt to health. We will be discussing addiction and trauma, recovery, autism, and crossing over with Sean Allison, medical intuitive chaplain. Sean is a wayfinder. He will share how his wisdom uh, influences our inner experience and how our thoughts, emotion, and behavior are the key ingredients to one's biology. Sean will show how he bridges imagination and action to bring us to health and self-love. Sean's a medical intuitive chaplain and has 35-plus years working with trauma, autism, death, and hospice work, and exploring the world of healing and energy work. He's an international consultant and a uh, remote healer. Sean also teaches at Journey Within in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the show, and, uh, to the show, Sean. I'm so glad to have you here. Can you tell me how you got into this work, especially the trauma and addiction? Those are tough subjects. Sure. Well, when I was uh, about eight years old, I was sexually abused by my next door neighbor. And so that led its own trauma that um, started, a re- I started, um, recognizing and starting to work through those issues in my early adult life. And so I've been kind of working on myself for, for quite a while now, several decades. And um, I was part of 12-step groups for most of my life. Um, right about the time where I was feeling stuck with where to go from being a survivor, how to manage the experiences that have happened to me, um, I stumbled upon this this organization that was teaching psychic development. And these metaphysical tools um, that they were offering really seemed to fit where I was at. Um, At that time, my uh, girlfriend's father passed away and we were really close. And I started having experiences from beyond the grave that really had me concerned. And growing up in a Christian environment, I didn't feel comfortable going to the church uh, with that experience. So a friend of mine invited me to the school where I started to learn about how to manage my energy, how to run it, and how to experience things inside of me that I had more influence than trying to manipulate and control my environment. How did you do that um, to control your environment? How did, how did you do that? How did that work? It didn't work very well. <laughs> That's where the, most of the wounds in life have come from. For me trying to, um, trying to control what's outside of, outside of me and not paying attention to my own well-being. And they gave you the tools to be able to go inside and 
And work with the inside? Yes, they sure did. I call it inner size. Just like I will exercise my body, there are exercises internally that we can practice that make us more confident in our own experience and how to differentiate between what I'm experiencing and what Barb is experiencing. What are some of the tools? Yeah. Well, we went into meditation, and there I learned to use my breath and my awareness to calm my thoughts down. And as I began to calm my thoughts down, which I'm working on doing right now, so you may see or hear some physical changes in my voice. As I do this, I begin to become aware of the quiet places inside of me, and that's where new information comes from. After you left a 12-step program, well, not, not that you left it, but while working with it, my, my guess, and then you added these tools in, how did you merge the two, or how did they support each other and, and take you to the next step? I started experiencing in my own life experiences. Um, I decided to take it in a creative approach um, by looking at the story that I rehearsed. And in that mental rehearsal with my imagination, that tended to be over my history, the biggest impact of how I traumatized myself was with my imagination. And part of this meditation and this discovery in metaphysics uh, showed me how I could use my imagination to heal instead of hurt. Did you imagine a different outcome or how did that work? Oh, that's a really good question. Let me take a moment and think about that. First of all, I started realizing that as I took more control and responsibility over Sean, the wisdom I was receiving began to be amplified, almost like this internal dialogue where as the trust continued to grow, so did the information that I was interested in. Did I lose you, Sean? Nope, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I thought you went away for a bit there. I'm sorry. So can you repeat the last sentence? I had a little bit of trouble hearing it. Sure. As I go into that imagination, I look at ways that I can show up and take more responsibility in my life. As I take on that responsibility, I find that the information entrusted with amplifies. The more responsibility I'm willing to take on in my life, the more wisdom I have access to. All right. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Let me know if, if I've got this really wrong or um, I'm out of line with it. Sure. But, um, 
So the 12-step program is going to God and, and kind of going out of yourself to another, um, you know, to another presence or divine presence. Um, is this then going inside to yourself? So coming home to yourself with what has gone on in your life rather than, than going out? Or is it in combination with both? Oh, I love that visualization, by the way, Barb. That's beautiful. I see God in all things. Inside of me, outside of me, through me. Um, It really is an expression that we can harness and that will amplify our intention, my intention. Okay? So as I surrender, as I get out of my way, I can also harness the availability of source through me, which helps me to what is going on me in a very timely manner. Can you give me an example? I don't know if you can. You know, this is some close stuff. Oh, sure. Hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, This morning, I was on a prayer call, and I am going back into my memory. There's a moment where I was asking the person that I was talking with. um, Yesterday, they had a conversation with the dean of the school where they teach at. And in doing so, um, she needed to figure out ways to talk to the dean. And so we rehearsed some ways that she could be more present and pay attention to the energy behind or underneath that conversation. And so as we began to quiet ourselves and pay attention to what was not being said, but was part of what was being shared, we started to realize that the invalidation of the student that had concerns uh, was the same energy that, um, that my friend was feeling towards the dean as the dean was um, calling on her to clear, clear things up. And so we were able to look at that invalidation and gather information around it and spend a couple moments in meditation and raise that vibration, raise our intention to compassion, to clarity, to love. And through that compassion, we were able to Uh, look at ways that we could respond where it will be received with a greater level of value and respect. Now, most people, um, most people, when you say to them meditation, they are busy breathing and clearing their minds 
Um, but this is a different type of meditation, it sounds like. Can you describe it? Yes, I can. First of all, uh, we started with the breathing and with the centering our minds and setting aside the distractions that come up when that happens. And then through that space, there is a space that is shared that we can tap into that is the combination of, of their energy and my energy as we um, acclimate or harmonize with each other. This allows us to be in the same space, even though we are thousands of miles away. That vibration, that connective tissue is um, something that requires no um, distance in order to function. So being able to share that space, we were able to um, talk about things with a shared intention or a shared emotion and then start designing what she would like to say to the dean and, um, and be able to uh, compose that, that email back to him. In the shared space, is it uh, neutral or, you know, the emotion, is it neutral or are you using the emotion? Is it like I think calm a little bit or of you're, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, one of the things that escalates is when we match someone's energy that is upset, mm-hmm. you can watch people very naturally start to escalate in behavior to match the drama that may be um, presented. Well, we were doing the same thing in calming ourselves down and then finding that level of compassion of how she would like to send the email, what intention she wanted to send it with. And then I held that space while she composed the letter. Wow, I can see how that can work pretty well. Um, yeah. And so she is then able to to go to a different place with her feelings and then to let them go. Not well, it's beautiful. Oh, that, exactly. Now, the beautiful, um, our conversation today, I was able to um, check in with her as she walked through the steps of her being upset and clear in what she needed to convey, what meaning she wanted to send to the dean. And and then as she allowed herself to be um, in that discomfort and work her way through and make it significant, make it important to, to shift through that, those different stages, the time she had finished with that email, um, she had moved through the experience to where it no longer bothered her anymore. She was able to receive complete surrender, 
by honoring herself through that entire process. And that process brought her through all of the emotions. I mean, um, you starting were, with being okay. very upset. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Words. And she had some creative words that I noted down because I haven't tried them before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a hard thing when you're in that spot, when you're upset, when you're angry. That's a hard thing to get out of, to move on from. So to be able to take those steps through. Would she, if you were not with her, would you, she, or do you teach her to be able to do this on her own as well? Well, she has had her own practice for a while, um, mm-hmm. spending time with her and us challenging and encouraging each other and looking at and unpacking my, my baggage um, with her, um, her, her encouragement to me and my encouragement to her as we both unpacked our own baggage gave us that common language that we could explore in that silence and stillness that became the, um, the beginning of that, um, that shared space in meditation. That's a, that's a great procedure to do, um, great process. And my guess takes a little training to get there. Um, I want to ask you more about it in other settings, like with, um, with addiction and trauma, where you're going backwards, not a current um, situation or or upset. But before we do that, I want to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I'll be asking you about the addiction and trauma part of this process. Thank you, Barb. Okay, thanks. We'll go to break now. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, we're back with Sean Allison, medical intuitive chaplain, who is telling us about a procedure that he uses to... um, to augment really healing um, and bringing people from a tough situation until a to really a neutral health uh, situation, and I'm going to ask him to give us an example or bring us through using the same technique. I think um, with addiction, I'm really interested in that. So, Sean, can you bring us through how you work with addiction? I would love to. I, and just to kind of highlight that space that my friend and I uh, created between us, where it was still and silent, um, in that space are our new discoveries. And those new discoveries, as we allow ourselves to bypass impulse control, we insert um, that pause and train our body not to be afraid of or upset by that space. So one of the triggers I grew up with was the use of silence for punishment. One of the things for traumatic events is where silence punishment, whether someone is trying to ghost the other person or use it as a form of redirection, um, it can be interpreted as a wound of an opportunity. So as we redesign and anchor to the possibility rather than the wound, we're training the body to respond to the safety and the security of that silence. So can you tell me how? Can you walk me through it, I guess? I love the idea, but I can't get the practical. Yeah. Well, why don't I use an example um, with with, um, working with an autistic man in my past who will remain nameless, There were times when he would be so overwhelmed with the sensory stimulation, overwhelmed with um, 
the input of life, that he would start short-circuiting um, that self-soothing um, behavior of rocking back and forth and um, humming or bouncing up and down in a rhythmic pattern was a way that he would de-escalate from all of that or release um, all of that energy. So we can do that by creating a silence. And in that stillness and silence, allow the body to be okay. With that, with that silence, we can go into breath work. And I can match my breath with his. And we can work down that overstimulation by calming ourselves down at the same time. Hugging does that very efficiently as well. You know, if you go up to a loved one and hug them, usually there's a sigh that accompanies that. There is a physical cue of that protection, that support, that um you know, that, that empathy. And that stillness. That's and what that's, I think of with that yeah. stillness. And, and what we're trying to do safety. is bypass, yes, the, the safety. And as we bypass the physical responses of being overstimulated, which is what happens with trauma. The body overstimulates with anticipating being unsafe. And so we fall back into behaviors to self-soothe, thus the addictions. Uh, right now, I am working on my impulse control around food because I want to lose weight. And in doing that, I have to put that stillness and silence and give a pause between that impulse of wanting chocolate and me actually going for the chocolate. So that that pause allows us to engage our thought process in a way that can bring in new behaviors. How's that working out <laughs> with the chocolate? <laughs> um, Is it right working? now I would like some. I can. <laughs> and you're in the pause? Sit, right. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the thing. If I can allow myself just to breathe into that and be okay with wanting chocolate and calming my body down at the same time, then my attraction to the chocolate it subsides. Mm -hmm. And this, this works a lot with PTSD. So when I'm in an endless loop and replaying the story over and over and over again without introducing new information, then I can set myself up into a tailspin where I start um, becoming uncomfortable because of the thoughts that I am generating. One of the ways that we can start in bringing in that stillness and silence is also anchoring to that sense of hope, that stillness and silence, it includes hope. Mm -hmm. Stillness and silence includes 
safety. Stillness and silence includes discovery of what comes next because I am safe, because I am um, okay. I've unfortunately had the experience of having those thought loops and, and, and panic at the same time, or high anxiety. I'm not quite sure what you'd call it, but when it when it starts, when it 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 you know when you get into it and it starts, it it kind of takes you over. So how do you stop that with breath, or it, it's almost to go into a meditation for me at that point would be almost impossible. I'd have to have a step before that meditation to slow them down or to stop it or, or something. Oh, this um, is really good. Oh, yeah. Um, when, when you're escalating like that, your mind starts generating all kinds of thoughts and you're disconnected with the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. Bringing in how those um, thoughts affect the body uh, is really helpful. You can start looking at it from how is this experiencing, how am I, how am I experiencing this from my elbow? How am I experiencing this from my left foot? How am I experiencing this from my shoulder blades? This helps engage the body talk and references that experience and the effect that it's having on the body. I can go in and say, okay, these thoughts are triggering my body. What part of my body is communicating with me? Oh, my, my right below my belly button? I'm getting this queasy feeling and feeling really scared. Okay, that's my body communicating accurately. We start to validate that and bring it together. And then as we recycle through those stories, we add new information. We add what is happening right now. Right now, I am talking about the story and my physical environment is safe. Right now, I am talking about the story, and my body is safe from harm. And so, we keep on adding new information to get traction. The direction we want to move into, the, what my focus is with clients, is getting into that magical place where your story is living you. The connection of that story becomes one breath in and one breath out as you live the experience in the here and now. That um, when, when it's happened to me, when I get into the panic thoughts or I'm not sure the right technology, um, but what you're telling me too, not only are you introducing more information, I tend to go out of body. I tend to almost leave myself. So this is also bringing me back into my body to something that's solid, something that's that's real, that's there. Yeah. Do I have that right? Or? Well, I mean, I think it's a really important um, aspect to to talk about. 
when we're leaving our body out of trauma, that escape creates another wound called, I distrust my body. Okay. And then the practice of that teaches me to be disconnected with how my thoughts and my behaviors are connected and how that affects other people, which increases the difficulty of consequences. As I learn to engage my body and trust that my body is always accurate and that I can pick up the energy of what's going on around me much quicker than the words or the behavior of other people. That gives me a little um, head start as to creating solutions. How long does it take you to learn? Because um, when these thoughts are... uh, when the process starts of the the panic thoughts or, you know, um, somehow you fall into it so quickly. So how long does it take you to learn to, to pull yourself out? That has to be a learning curve somewhat from what you've been doing, which is just getting lost in those thoughts to a new way of working with them. How hard is that to learn, to, to step back and say, wait a minute, let's, let's find where's the fear in my body or, or to bring parts of your body in or, as you called it, new information in? Yeah. Okay. Well, some, some areas I have more experience around than others. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, own, uh, my own baggage, my history of trauma and abuse um, I have decades of experience around it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go through the whole story. My body can remember it very quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about another um, life lesson called money. This is a lesson that is a little bit longer in duration because um, for me to have a relationship that is mindful around money, Well, I'm kind of in the early stages of that. So there's going to be a lot more practice involved. And when I practice, I like to put in amusement and permission, permission to um, practice a lot, um, to look at failure as a way of gathering uh, new ideas, as well as identifying what does not work rather than the competition of it as being um, win-lose. And as I begin to figure out what honors me, I notice that there's a shift in how I um, show up. Just like there might have been a shift in my voice just now as I chose to move from my head to my heart. My heart is the conscious of the activity. It increases the value and increases my responsibility. And so as I get my behavior in line with my intention and my emotions can respond and kind of reflect to me the value of each decision, 
then I can stay in those smaller steps, which is where I focus my attention in working with people are on smaller transitions. I would love to get an example of that, of, you know, you actually walking through with money, Mm -hmm. how it works for you. But before we do that, we've got another break coming up. And I don't want you to get partway in and I have to stop you. So let's do the break first. And then let's take your example of dealing with money. And when we come back, let's have an example. Let Walk us through how you deal with it. And uh, so we'll go to break now. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Do you feel that you want more from your life but keep finding yourself in the same spot? It is time to break free from self-defeating patterns and limiting beliefs. Find out more by tuning in to Let's Talk About It with nationally recognized psychotherapist, Dr. Jamie Lacey. Learn to create healthy lifestyle choices so that you can be the best you. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you have executive function challenges? Actually, these are a lot more common than you would think. These challenges include time management issues, organization, planning, focusing, memory, and problem solving. If this sounds like you, you'll want to check out Focus on Success. With Fazia Costi, you'll hear from professionals that offer advice based on their expertise and provide solutions to improve your life. Focus on Success can be heard Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, I'm here with John Allison, who is a medical intuitive chaplain, and he's given us... um, He's telling us how we can change some of our behaviors and and let go of some of the things that, frankly, have been ruling us most of our lives. And Sean, very generously, is going to walk us through his experience in working with money. So, Sean, if you could give us that experience, that would be great. Awesome. And this is a a view through the veil of my finances, okay? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That's good. 
So starting off with the family history around money and how it's used as a punishment and a reward, based upon scarcity and emotional um, support. So um, I have had it demonstrated in my life from a very young age of how finances and emotions um, interact with each other. And um, some of that became punitive in the scarcity part of it. And, and so I would withhold when I was um, upset. And then I would overindulge when I am rewarding myself. So that back and forth of the pendulum is what creates the wound. That back and forth pendulum from back, um, it, if we're anchoring to the, it, when we're anchoring to it, it amplifies the emotion and the feeling of not being secure. So with that as the history of my finances, now moving into um, the correction of that is recognizing that I want my finances to not just um, better me, not just benefit me, but that it blesses everyone that it circulates through. And as it blesses them, it raises in value and interest. So being more selective with my money, I'm decreasing the amount that I spend on sweets and using that same money to put it into being philanthropy. How can I help someone else? How can I um, help a group uh, move that forward as a blessing? So that's one of the ways that I've been looking at spending my money. Another way is decreasing the charge around it. So if I'm too happy around what I want, I allow it to simmer in that stillness and quiet. Um, if I'm upset and I want to spend money, then I'm going to put that same spaciousness before I spend. That allows me to become incongruent with my body for my physical body, my intention, my emotions, and my vision to all be in alignment before I start spending. And then that way, it can have a different effect moving forward. Thirdly, is how I close myself off for resources. I can tell myself that I value one area of my life as a window washer, and so I'm okay receiving money as I clean windows. But growing up in a Christian church, I was told that spirituality was free. So I can give away my time, and it decreases the value of the person I'm giving it to because there's not an, not an equity involved. But as I raise the value by increasing the prices that are exchanged with that, it, what it does is it creates a deeper level of exchange. So that time spent together is greater in value and more can be accomplished in that same time span. Is that clear enough? I think so. Um, 
part of what I heard was like the pause for the chocolate. Before you either spend or don't spend, you take a pause again to revisit, to, to bring it to awareness what you're doing. Yes, and it's a shift from the brain to the heart. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going from activity into relationship. Right. And, and as you build upon the relationship between you and your finances, between my friend and the dean, between what my, what my parents did spending money and what I'm learning to do spending money, then that conversation shifts as well. And you can be entrusted more because you are showing up at a level where trust has increased. Mm-hmm. And, and with that happening, your self-esteem and your sense of, of value and worth increases if I have this right, at which point you no longer give away, but look for a fair exchange of your services or your money or whatever it is you're going to exchange. So your value now demands more value in return. Oh, I love that idea. One of the things that are kind of like a mantra for me is this saying that I leave everything in higher esteem. That gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Because every conversation raises in value, just like we're doing with our listeners today. We're making it worth their time by sharing things that are concrete, that are inspirational, and they're pulling from sources beyond ourselves and then putting them to work within our daily activities. That sounds great. And with very specific steps. So it's not just kind of generally out there, but very specific steps of how this can happen, which is a great way to, to help. Just so you know, you're on the right track. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. When you start meditating and this goes for anyone, you begin with your to-do lists the things that you forgot that you told yourself you would remember and the conversations that were really irritating from last week, you begin in those places because you are honoring what you have not given due diligence. Beyond that is a realm of thought that shifts because you are adjusting your vibration. This is what we were learning and what I've been teaching for the past uh, 13, 14 years at Journey Within is how to use energy to reassign meaning to events that gives it a totally different outcome because you can observe it through neutrality, which is before morality and meaning have been established. And then that information has a variety of places it can move moving forward instead of bound by your expectations of what has happened from history. Wow. How, um, how can this work with something like addiction where there's also a physical, you know, a, a physical part of you that is demanding what it is you're reaching out for? 
Well, How do you do that? I think that's why body integration is so key with this. Addiction happens with mistrust of the body and the psyche. Okay, my psychological part of me, the spiritual part of me, and the physical part of me are not on the same page. But by creating exercises where we can trust ourselves, we can trust our body to respond accurately and efficiently and then start having that shape our behavior moving forward. If I go unconscious or disconnected from my thoughts and my body, that's when addiction occurs because now you're trying to make the body feel because you're not paying attention to it. And so you start um, with alcohol, with drugs, with chocolate, Um, in order to escape the numbness that you have trained yourself to function at. And so that's where that spaciousness becomes so healing is because you are teaching yourself that within you holds the keys to the universe. The kingdom of God is within you. And the more that we honor and nurture our bodies and design our behavior and environment to support moving forward, then we're going to have a lot more, um, a lot more encouragement from life, uh, a lot more, um, oh my goodness, so many ideas that are brand new and fresh and the people that can encourage that by being around them, surrounding us ourselves to do what we cannot do with those who are expert at it. This is, um, to me, this is so powerful that uh, you're actually giving steps of how to break our patterns. I mean, a lot of people are just, you know, willpower, white knuckle it. Um, just hold off, just but without such great steps of how you um, how you do it, how you yeah. really do it. I mean that hang on, white knuckle it, just don't do it. That that doesn't seem to work. Well, and I would re- really love to end on this note because a large part of therapy is not giving enough time and enough significance to the events that have helped us, that we've survived through and we've adapted because of. It's those negative things in life from the shadows in which we're avoiding that our virtues are coming. The seeds of tomorrow are in those places. And as we value them, we start recognizing that manipulation to a community um, like autism When I was working in that field, um, the only tools that they had to communicate and to become an alliance with was manipulation. We we would lock away the food, lock away the, the treats. And so one client would come over to me and create a disruption. The other person would grab the keys. 
The other person would unlock the door. And pretty soon by the next morning, you see a bunch of rappers everywhere because they worked together to achieve. Now that is learned how to compensate. (laughs) Right. What makes it wrong is that we're trying to uh, provide it for them under different conditions. Okay. So that's where being on the same page with our dysfunction by not comparing it to what's normal out there, but saying that it happens this way for a very good reason. God is already at work from within the intricacies. So instead of it, Satan made me do it. It's now, this is a potential discovery because I'm having that work to my advantage. And what is that advantage? Well, let's explore it. Let's find ways that this can benefit me moving forward. That's a great way. I know you have a 90-day challenge and we're kind of running out of time, but You've explained to me that 90 days is very important. Well, just the significance in my life around 90 days that within a three-month cycle of growth, one can achieve tremendous amounts. I've seen that in um, growing muscle to changing behavior to um, learning how to be more sensitive around um, people that I have issues with, Um, that as we work with that time period, um, it's not too much time. Hey, Sean, I've got to cut in. I hate to cut in too, but I want to make sure that people know where to get you. Oh, sure. um, That they can email you at insightfulquestions at yahoo.com, your website, when your sidewalk ends.com Facebook is at Compassion Speak. And you have another website I just found out about CompassionSpeak.com, which um, has meditations and things on it uh, that help you along. Also, you're teaching a journey within in Denver, Colorado. And I wanted to get all that in because you've given us such great information and we definitely need people to know where to get you, to get, to come to you, not to get you, (laughs) to come to you for help with the, the demons basically that they've been fighting. What a great way to, to win. Yeah. Those demons can be our friends too. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show. I, I, it's been so beneficial. I think so many people and um, I hope they reach out and get hold of you. So everyone have a great weekend and a great week. We'll see you next week and uh, do get in touch with us. If you need more information or you'd like to work with Sean, I think it Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.